The police driver took his hands off the wheel and made a gesture of helplessness. You heard me, Gus snapped, realizing he was running out of time. Recevez nous tour du. Come on. Exasperated, the driver unbuckled his seatbelt and leapt out of the car. Gus yelled incredulously, Where the hell's he going? Producing his whistle, the gendarme started gesturing to the drivers of the cars wedged ahead of him and yelling that they should move over to the curb. Being French, of course, the drivers totally ignored him. Gus shook his head. I don't believe this. He looked down at the TV monitor again. Madeline Chong was already turning left onto Quai Wanli. He thought, she's almost there. Reaching a decision, he climbed over the seat and slid behind the wheel. Renard watched in surprise as he slammed the Megan into reverse and rammed the vehicle backward into the car behind them. The wide-eyed driver there immediately vanished behind the white balloon of his airbag. Mon Dieu, Gus, what are you doing? Not now, Henry. Gus shifted into first and then rammed the car ahead, pushing it forward several feet until it crunched into the car in front of him. He backed off then, wrenched the wheel sideways, and floored the accelerator, bulldozing his way through the stalled and now honking traffic until he reached the sidewalk. Tu me protege, cried Renard. Je suis dans le mal de maniac. Ignoring the outburst, Gus drove up onto the wide sidewalk and finally found the button that activated the two-tone siren. As it started blaring, pedestrians turned, saw him coming, and jumped out of his way, then started shouting and shaking their fist in his wake. You do know, yelled Renard, that what you are doing is strictly against the law. Chestnut trees sped past in a blur, as did airline offices, car showrooms, brightly lit shopping arcades and cafes. The needle touched 80 kilometers per hour, and Gus kept it there. The Plaza de Concorde appeared up ahead, and the first chance he got, he came down off the sidewalk, almost hitting a tree as he did so, and leaving a shower of leaves swirling behind him. The lights ahead were green. That was something. He sped across the intersection and wrenched the wheel to the right. The Megan fishtailed onto Plaza de Concorde with a howl of tortured rubber, and then they dropped into the Voie de Georges Pompidou. Daylight was replaced by artificial amber light as he weaved in and out of traffic on the underpass. Then they were back out in daylight, briefly, before dropping into another length of tunnel. Moments later, the Megan roared back out into daylight, and the pillared front of the National Assembly building directly ahead of them, the Seine on their right, and a little farther along, the Pont de la Concorde. But the intersection ahead was now blocked by cross-traffic coming off the Pont Alexandre Trois and heading on to the Avenue des Maréchals Gallieni to the left. Gus eased off the gas, then saw an opening and floored the pedal again. The sleek blue-and-white bus came out of nowhere. There was a crunching of metal and a loud shattering of glass. The bus crumpled the rear bumper and spun the Megan around in a sharp half-circle. Gus's airbag exploded, whacking him in the face. For a moment, his whole world went black. Then, still groggy, he worked the seatbelt release and shouldered the door open. As he almost fell out into the street, he saw that the traffic had come to a complete standstill. The bus driver was staring at him through his windshield, pale-faced and, now that he knew he hadn't injured anyone, swearing. Pedestrians had stopped along both sides of the road to watch. Renard staggered out of the back seat to join him, no longer looking quite so elegant. Idiot! Regardez maintenant que vous avez fait! Ignoring him, Gus took one look at the way the bumper had been crushed in against the passenger's side rear wheel and knew the Megan was finished. He looked into the back of the car. The TV monitor showed Madeline Chong just passing the Musée de Quai Fist clenching, he looked around. Just before the collision, a motorcyclist had been driving a few cars behind them. 
Now he parked his metallic blue Yamaha YZF-R1 by the curb and hurried over, taking off his crash helmet as he came. Je suis un docteur, he called. Sans bien? Gus nodded. Nous sommes parfaits, he replied, gesturing toward the bus. Mais vous ferez mieux de surveiller le conducteur de autobus et ses passagers. As the doctor went by, intending to check on the bus driver and passengers, Gus flashed his sentinel ID and added, Excusez-moi, doctor. I'll take your helmet and keys, s'il vous plaît. Pardon? asked the doctor, dumbfounded. But there was no time to argue. Gus grabbed the helmet in one hand and plucked the motorbike keys free with the other, then sprinted for the Yamaha. The doctor immediately started after him, yelling, Arrêt! Valeur! Gus jumped onto the bike, gunned the 998cc engine, and the machine leapt forward, the front wheel rearing up off the tarmac with the speed of his departure. As he moved quickly to restrain order, Renard shook his head in despair. Ces Americans!